and welcome to Commagers. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. And I am proud to tell everyone that this is my first glass of wine this evening. It's 9 p.m. on a Monday. Don't know I believe you. <laughs> no, it's true. Don't know how I believe you. Uh, today, we were looking at the John Hughes teen comedy classic Ferris Bueller's Day Off. But first, as always, we ask the most pressing question of every episode. What are we drinking this episode? What does everybody have in week three of social distancing? I'm having my Eagle Rare bourbon. This is the end of the first bottle that I brought from where did I bring this from? Connecticut. Kentucky. Connecticut, no. no. Oh, Connecticut. Okay. Um, and it is very good. Mm. In my Widowmaker glass. Oh, love nice. that Widowmaker glass. Love mm. it, Katie. Uh, tonight is a Pinot Noir from One Hope. It's uh, it's my favorite easy drinking red. It's a nice light red. Mm. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Excellent. I'm drinking Row and Company uh, Irish whiskey from Dublin. Oh, I like that bottle, Brian. There you go. Yeah, I love an cool embossed bottle. bottle. That's yeah, a very nice it's, bottle. It's very apothecaric looking. <laughs> yes. I don't know if that's an adjective. but I, I don't know, but enough. I appreciate the use of that word. Thank you. I love it. I would uh, keep that okay. Uh, as I said, this week we're doing Ferris Bueller. But first, let's fact check last week's mm-hmm. episode. Um, I, I just start to lose track of what we did from week to week now. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's My mind is blending uh, mm-hmm. together. But um, some fact check from last week's episode. First of all, question, is there still alcohol quarantine and lack of sale in the state of Pennsylvania? Yes. Yep. Yes. Somebody started a crazed rumor on social media up here that they were going to put a seven-day hold on all alcohol sales mm. in Massachusetts. And I think there was almost a riot in the streets. It mm. turned out to not be true. <laughs> um, but I, I, I feared for the safety of society when that was released. That's interesting. Um, so I looked into personally mailing you guys uh, alcohol, mm-hmm. and it is very illegal. <laughs> not allowed Um, to to tell you the exact wording that was given to me. The United States Postal Service prohibits sending alcohol beverages through the mail, but you can ship your alcohol via couriers such as FedEx or UPS if you're a licensed alcohol shipper, which I am not. You could be. Mm. I am a licensed minister, which also brings up I've been hearing on social media and the morning radio show up here. A lot of people concerned because their weddings are are being delayed Mm -hmm. and and there's a discussion of maybe we should still get married and then have the ceremony later. So I'm just putting it out there that I will marry anyone Mm -hmm. who needs to be married during this crisis free of charge. I love that. I will do the ceremony. Mm -hmm. Um, Keep the love. Uh, Craig Goldberg and Jim will provide the music oh, for, the, very nice. for the for the suggested you the, for that the thing. You know, Jim's we never do that. played for a wedding. Yeah, it will no, be one hundred percent true. No, uh-huh. there's one. No, there's one. You played for one. It's a very it's a very hard sell. It's a no, very I hard didn't sell. remember. I I messed up whose wedding was that when I was supposed to move Craig uh, Mary's wedding. I was supposed to move the no, I the music or something. Wedding. I didn't end up doing it. No. Yeah, he gets out of every every time okay. Jim has been asked to play at a wedding. It hasn't okay. Well, happened. I am offering, and Katie is also an ordained I'll be your backup. minister. I'll be your so backup. Katie could do mm-hmm. that. We could do this to help people as well. Yeah. yeah. So just be aware yeah. if you want to be married, renew vows. We yep. will renew people's vows. You're serving the people to bring some joy to people. Yeah. Um, last week, a truly fantastic actress was besmirched on our program. Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio besmirched when Katie no denied that, when Katie denied she was a person. Oh, that's uh, true. So, <laughs> but that was so, not a besmirching. I just did not know. Uh, that was you know, we name. discussed we discussed it a little bit. I just wanted to give a little bit more background. Mm-hmm. One of the big actresses of the mid 80s through early 90s was actually Oscar nominated mm. uh, for her role in Color of Money with Tom Cruise and Paul Newman for Best mm-hmm. Supporting Actress. Also that. a star of The Abyss, which is a great uh, James Cameron yeah, movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Prince of Thieves, like okay. we said. Yes. Uh, she might be best known in a film I, I know you saw, Katie, mm-hmm. The Perfect Storm yes. yep. she was in. Uh, she's also a Tony-nominated Broadway performer. Eh. Well, how about it? Mm-hmm. So she has done many things uh, in many ways. Mm. Um, many things in many ways. Soap dish with a great name. 
soap dish, mm-hmm. which we brought up, mm-hmm. has now officially been added to the Commager's calendar. Oh, that's I've fantastic. never seen it. That's and fantastic. my mom watched it the other night and uh, previewed it for us and said she loved it. Oh, great. So a film uh, that will be plenty of laughs. And she did say Jim will hate it, probably. Oh, excellent. That's those so are the makes, best ones. it makes yeah. the week even yep. better. It um, makes these podcasts easy for me to show up for. Yeah. Yes, it does. <laughs> it does, Jim. You love every minute of it. Mm-hmm. And and then finally, remember, uh, we are doing our Thirsty Thursday episodes. Mm-hmm. Our first one was last week where we did some general recommendations. Mm-hmm. This week, we'll be doing recommendations on films, books, television, anything that came from the 80s and 90s. So our childhood and teen years. Mm-hmm. I love it. So feel free to send us recommendations of things you think people should be watching. Please do. Time. Silver Linings, the schedule being all messed up and, and folks not reporting for service early in the morning. We've got people listening that don't usually get to listen yeah. because they have to go to bed early. Yeah. So, no hey, need. we're talking to you. Send us some some recommendations, 80s and 90s. We want to know what you think. <laughs> and I mean, that's a vast majority of the movies we do on this program. That's true. To be, to be fair, that's if true. we were to do a... Uh, graph of movies also remember um airing before com majors on monday and thursdays uh, is craig goldberg mm-hmm. he's performing concerts on both monday oh, and thursday good. nights at eight o'clock i got to interested. tune in tonight for like a minute before i was putting the girls down and then my phone died uh, um but craig was playing uh take me home tonight oh, I love yes that. and he's doing music of the take 80s and the 90s this week tonight. He has a I dance floor in his unfinished basement. Yes. I was wondering about that. He does. He said it came with the house. It yes. did come with the house. I helped him move oh, in and I was immediately. I know what was there. Like, why was it there? Who was dancing? Maybe it wasn't a maybe it's not a dance floor. Maybe it's like a fight club. Oh, it could be. It is like a parquet. Yeah. Floor. Maybe they, no. they put it there. I they could wipe like up the blood. Quickly. Basement ballroom dancing. No, it's like mom it was and a dad. Fight club. Cause I'll be honest. It was a Boston fight club. I would, I would, I will dance in the basement. Let me, I would watch a fight club. Let me hold on. <laughs> you, I will. Maybe we could turn it into one. Hold on. <laughs> Licking the pen. Basement. basement. We're gonna fact check Craig's basement. <laughs> fact check that. See if I can get some audio from Craig for next week's show yeah. on his basement. He might have uh, to call oh, the previous owner. We we don't want to just answer from Craig. Like we want an actual. I yeah. want like we'll forensic. I want him to go down and do some like evidence collection. Mm-hmm. What's on the floor? If you wanna, I don't know if you want to do that. I want to know evidence collection. Yep, um, know. Okay, it's time for the rundown. Okay. Here oh we go. shoot! No, wait. Okay, play the music. There's no way she makes it back by the time the end. This music's over. This week on the rundown. She's back. back. Katie is known for her speed. Mm-hmm. So fast. Very fast. So fast. Very fast. So fast. People didn't even notice that in a world where Katie is fast. That's this world. That's this world. Yeah. yeah thank you. Um, hello, everybody. I'm Ted Koppel. Here's tonight's rundown. Ferris Bueller is the high schooler every student wants to be. <laughs> Popular, handsome, wicked smart, and the ultimate manipulator who finds the fun in the everyday. Ferris's day off is the epic cut day, an Olympian, Olympic cut day, complete with a beautiful girlfriend and devoted best friend to witness it all. Museum, ballpark, parade, hot tub, sports car. Romance, intrigue, coming of age, deception, the day of all days, not even the evil mega villain administrator or the jealous little sister can ruin Ferris Bueller's day off. Love it. Dun, dun, dun. Love it. We actually yes, also done. have a guest, a special <gasps> guest for Rundown <laughs> this week. Is it Kieran? That's right. Very special guest um, to further tell us just exactly who oh, Ferris yeah. Bueller really is and that special guest of course was the amazing mrs pool from the oh 1990s sitcom love her the hogan family uh ed ed's secretary so here's a little uh, here's how john Hughes describes ferris bueller to us oh well he's very popular ed the sportos, the motorheads, geeks, sluts, bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, dickheads. They all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
outstanding. I've so, I love this. These kids that the example he sets is a first-class ticket to nowhere. Oh, Ed, <laughs> you sounded like Dirty Harry just then. Oh, <laughs> uh, and, and so we begin our process yeah. of discussing Ferris Bueller um, and the amazing writing by John Hughes on this film written and directed by John Hughes, uh, who's done obviously a plethora of amazing uh, films. And this, I will say off the bat of it, I'm hard pressed to think about it might be the best rewatch experience I've had of any of the movies that we've done, which I have not seen for a particularly long time. Mm. Every moment of this movie, I loved. <laughs> I I would agree. Yeah, I, it was I good. feel like I said the same the same sort of sentiment to Jim. Like there are just so many amazing scenes, just everything. I feel like I noticed the cinematography in this movie, which I don't usually. Uh, <laughs> But it was like what a what time out. Let's talk about that. Let's unpack let's that talk about this. because <laughs> I, I'm interested. I'm yeah, very interested. That is not I like something a, that I, I had a list of stuff I was going to talk about, and not one. This is the first film maybe I wasn't going to talk about the cinematography <laughs> There's at some all. Excellent cinematography in this movie. Okay. I love the use of close-ups in this movie. There's so many of them where you get like a really close shot to somebody's face. And it just like brings you right into the emotion if of that we character. we can deal in specifics, okay. it would be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's um, the one that I'm thinking of right now is the, the final scene with Cameron and Ferris and Ferris's girlfriend, whose name I'm not going to remember. Sloan. Sloan, where Peterson. Cameron is like freaking out, right? Like losing it on the car. And so you get this alternating these shots of like getting a wide shot. Yeah. Is that okay. good? No um, okay. uh, that takes in the whole space, the yeah, whole yeah. the whole room. And then you get these like, you know, real close ups on each of their faces. And particularly, I think, like the close ups of of ferris's face like mm-hmm. uh, matthew broderick does just a dynamite job acting in this yeah. movie i we mean we were talking about cinematography not acting oh yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry sorry but but <laughs> to me though so the, that choice of like getting in close to the kidding. right the folks that are observing that moment yeah it's great i was that's not where i thought you were gonna i thought you were gonna bring up specifically the part that i thought they used um some interesting shots was when they're actually in the art museum. Oh, I love that too. Oh, yes. yes. And Very so yeah, they good. actually do sort of take that moment of them going to the art museum to be extra artistic with yeah. how they shot it. Totally agree. And I love that yeah. that's actually from the Chicago Museum of Art. Hmm. It's, that's like, I don't know. I, lo- I love well, that. John Hughes is such a Chicago guy centric. Yeah. yeah, writer, director, so everything. And also, the homage to the graduate when Cameron's floating underneath the water in the pool. Yes, that's beautiful. Um, which was good. But, we the, also saw a scene like that in Booksmart. That's yes. true. The uh, this was not as long as the one in Booksmart. No, exactly. Um, yes. The parade scene. I feel like I also noticed there was a lot going on in the mm-hmm. parade scene, but the varying camera angles in regards to what's happening so you get a lot of like shots from above and then you're like real close to the crowd um you get kind of like every <laughs> there's shots every of butt piece. dancing yeah i loved it i loved it well this is let's I, let's go to the parade sequence because oh, going in order Patrick in this Morgan, movie well really doesn't matter that much i don't think going in order you know how you can instantaneously tell ferris bueller is just an amazing movie because that parade scene makes not a goddamn bit of sense at all. Yeah. At all. And none of it. There's a jump I, cut. But I mean, there's a jump cut. There's the people dancing down the stairs. Yeah. There. Is he singing? Is he lip syncing? What is going on He's there? Lip-syncing. I know. But from where? But, right. I, the so, band, I, I, but you don't care. No, you no, don't no. care at all. But you I, do, I do feel like I jumped into that scene more watching it this time. Right. And 
got behind like no it you are supposed to step over that line of like again this is a movie where most of it is it could happen and this is like real world stuff right mm-hmm. where like this could just be a kid who's like really good at working the system right like <laughs> yeah. super smart right like all of these things could be within the realm of reality and then that scene to me is where you step over and it becomes like hyper hyper reality mm-hmm. um but you're you're in it Right. You're, you're like you're with it at the point where like the German yeah. dancers yeah. on the float are doing a choreographed dance with him <laughs> to twist and shout. And I mean, you know, it gets like sexual, like you, you're over the line of like th- this is reality, but it's perfect. The weirdest, the only bad thing I can point out in this movie is leading into that scene. The, the jump cut of like. All of a sudden, Cameron's worried about where Ferris went, and there's oh, yeah. no moment where f- you see Ferris leave them or anything. Yeah, it's just all of a sudden they're like, "Ah, oh, he went back to school," and you're like, "What the fuck just happened?" Yeah, yeah. and then but then the parade starts, and you kind of forget that that happened. Yeah. But like, so you mean the parade that's taking place in the middle of the day on a school day for, <laughs> and it's just packed? Well, it's like but, a German. Uh, no, but it wasn't packed. A festival. So right. again, like this, this is another one of those moments where you realize, oh no, we're supposed to be along for the ride with this. Right. That this is like this is a little bit of an imagined reality. Oh, didn't care. Did, be, by the way, no, I but, did not care. No, I think I think that that's what's supposed to be happening, right? Because the first shot you get of the parade, it is not packed. Right. There, it's it looks like it's just one float from like the German society, <laughs> right, right? And like forty people. Mm. And so then the shift to what happens when Ferris is on the float. True. It, you know, to me, again, you're supposed to be along for the ride of yeah. like, this is what the kids. So, you know, what really happened? We don't see what really happened, but this is what the kids believe happened. I was uh, <laughs> I was always obsessed when I was younger with all the mechanisms that Ferris had set up in the house <laughs> to pretend that he was home. Yes. Again, man. all in. I think you are in the vein of make-believe there as well, Mm. but it's still pretty funny. Well, let's go back to the beginning now. Um, When we're introduced to Ferris Bueller, Mm -hmm. because I am in particular in love with the writing of this film. I Uh I think it's really um, amazing in a couple of ways. It's introduction of characters, the development of characters by and large, I will argue a majority of the characters that we see in the film are so brilliantly constructed, I think, which is a problem I have with comedy sometimes um, that the characters fall into stereotypes and they have to have this type of character. And I felt John Hughes writes this film so well and his other ones. Like if you look at the really good, you know, the other John Hughes films of that time, the secondary characters, and this is one of them. But I think in terms of a montage of introducing a character, when we get Ferris uh, after he's convinced his parents, I think it's one of the great introductions to a character that I can think of in a long time. So we're going to play a little segment of this and talk a little bit more about how John Hughes crafted some of these characters. Incredible. One of the worst performances of my career, and they never doubted it for a second. How could I possibly be expected to handle school on a day like this? This is my ninth sick day this semester. It's getting pretty tough coming up with new illnesses. If I go for 10, I'm probably going to have to barf up a lung. So I better make this one count. Yeah. The key to faking out the parents is the clammy hands. <laughs> but I mean, right there, it's like they always talk about the idea of when like they write, you have to dump exposition. And when are you going to do it in the movie? How are you going to lay out who this guy is in a really short period of time? And he sets up the general structure of what this whole film's going to be out, not who the characters are, but just the general structure of this kid. He's going to skip. He's not going to be able to do it again. 
He's done it, obviously, so many different times. And you get absorbed into who this character is almost immediately. And you, he obviously has a podcast. You can't see it. But he's like showering and he does the mohawk and he does all these other weird things in it. And that character instantaneously hooks you in. Yeah. So uh, listener Pat Morgan b- brought up the fourth wall breaking. And I was wondering, have, did we did we see a movie before this? That did that with your main character. I'm I'm wondering if was that a John Hughes uh, movie creation? I I don't think it was a John Hughes creation. I'm sure it had been done in other things. I don't think it was popularly used. He breaks a lot of the so-called screenwriting rules here. I want you um, to fact check it, Brian. I'm calling it first. For, for, first, <laughs> who broke the fourth the, wall in cinema? First, who broke <laughs> fourth wall? I mean first certainly this feels like the most effe- <laughs> do you do you know so jim just typed in breaking the fourth wall in film do you know the first thing that comes up is it ferris bueller yeah and do you know what the second thing is say by the bell no in oh. film deadpool oh deadpool i wonder if those are pop I'll, I'll go back and look at that 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 would be an interesting thing yeah. in terms of see I, I think there's parts of that though in uh, clockwork orange. I could be oh, yes. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There definitely is. This, this article is referencing Annie Hall as well. Well, oh, absolutely. American Annie Psycho. Hall does Psycho. Yeah. Fight Club. Yeah, but, well, yeah, Fight but, Club was after. Yeah, but the, and well, so is American Psycho. Annie Hall did a ton of it. Space so, balls. I mean, um, but that use is so effective and when they do mm-hmm. it. And I just want to talk a little bit about that character being so well-written that I feel like the vast majority of the 80s, 90s, early 2000 movies, every high school cool guy is based off of Ferris Bueller. Mm. Like, that, that's there is such a character stereotype moving forward. Like, we, uh, Jim referenced this the other day. Uh, they come up with the Parker Lewis Can't Lose show. Yeah, it's basically, which was the, kind same of a, basically the same thing. Uh, Saved by the Bell. Zach mm-hmm. Morris is absolutely Ferris yeah. Bueller. But if you start thinking about a lot of the high school movies yep. that come out and what we think of that stereotype of the cool high school, it all ties back to Ferris Bueller and the character that John Hughes created here. Yeah. yeah. Well, it has a, it's kind of short lived though. Cause it goes, I think it goes to like the early nineties and then, and then it sort of switches to focus a little more on the unpopular. Hmm. hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'd have to, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say well, of I, the, I think it goes more into to sections of society, right? So you have you have your varsity blues where you're focusing on like a specific group in the school. Same with like reality bites, can't hurt. Yeah, so like those are all kind of segments of the population. That's a good point. But I'm but I'm thinking too of some of those other ones, like with when Freddie Prince Jr. You know when they made those rash of movies that I wouldn't even rewatch. But so many of them were like that. You know that was who this character, especially in TV as well. I think they they took a lot of that. I think that idea, you know, like Ferris Bueller really is created as the the person that everybody wants to be, right? Where he's not really uh, defined by any of those Mm -hmm. categories. Um, and is well liked by all, you know, is kind of able to like chart his own path, do his own thing without feeling like anybody's putting him in a box. I think that's like the dream of every high schooler. I will say a movie that is very closely linked in my head to this is uh, Charlie Bartlett. I was thinking the same thing, Which Jim. is a fantastic Such movie. Such a good movie. And <gasps> Anton Yelchin, again, so R.I.P., yep. um, is great in it. Yeah. And yeah. RDJ. Now, so is what's great interesting. In it. He basically though, plays the Rooney character. Because he's very much a Holden Caulfield kind of character. So then yeah. so then we go back to like, so is Ferris Bueller a little bit of Holden, a little bit of catcher well, in the No, ride. I think Holden is not he's much darker. He's much darker, but he's also not at all self-realized. Right? That's uh, the whole point of the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ferris is a very like he knows who he is and what he wants and what he's gonna mm-hmm. do. And that's not Holden Caulfield at that's all. That's true. <laughs> That's true, but Holden has the same sort of feeling towards like the school system, right, towards right, right, like authority, like yeah. those. So I'd say there still has to be a little bit of a nod, a little bit of inspiration given. Yeah, this is he's more like a Tom Sawyer. 
Mm. Ferris is? Yeah. Yeah. But, no, yeah. All right. Well, Matthew Broderick plays him perfectly. He does. I, I mean, he really does. I mean, his his ability to play this is um, is spot on. I mean, it really mm-hmm. is one of the, I think, a lot. I mean, obviously, a lot of this falls on him to make this character. Totally. Legal. And I thought of another movie right around the same time period. It's, it's just like Michael J. Fox and Back to the Future, mm-hmm. in a sense. Like, yes. you, you need that central yeah. person to be able to carry the craziness and some of the other things that are going on. And as long as you love Matthew Broderick in this movie, you can go anywhere. Yeah. Same thing with back to the future, who doesn't which is love funny. Him in this movie. I don't think anybody doesn't love him, but I think this becomes unwatched, unrewatchable. If Cameron's not in this movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Well, that because we'll, we'll, we'll move on no, to that, that relationship. In a second. That's yeah. absolutely true. Okay, yeah. Before we go there, um, I was just going to say, do we, is this Matthew Broderick's best film? No. What? Election. Oh, I need Ooh, to you rewatch. Like I feel like I've only oh. seen that once. <laughs> well, and, and do you know what else is a great movie that he's uh, Glory. Glory. Which mm-hmm. is War a game. fantastic mm-hmm. war I game. I've seen that. The, is this his most enjoyable movie? Maybe. This mm. might be the most. It's what like, you would remember him by. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Mm-hmm. And and I, I it is darn close. And I and I'm not going to compare this to like the greatest movies of all time. Mm-hmm. But I think this is darn close to a perfect movie for I, what it is. I totally agree, Brian. I, I yeah, I completely I was enamored of watching this movie. Last I, I mean, night. I was sitting there thinking like other movies that I had in my mind 80 some odd movies into this that we've done that were close to as perfect for what it was supposed to be. Like Raiders came to Mm -hmm. mind, Pulp Pulp Fiction, Alien. But this is in that like probably top five discussion of for what it is and what they were, they hit on. I feel like everything there was nothing. There was nothing like there wasn't an Andy McDowell in this. There, there is that like, one moment though that's like it is the like, jump cut, but I don't. It's so that's, weird. It yeah, is a weird but, cut. It is. And that's but really I, the only thing. I like. I agree, Brian. I feel like it. Co- it covers the the humor in the film. It goes from you know just like fun little jokes to like these sort of like embedded yeah. scenarios. The the flowers lining the halls oh of the house. Oh my God! Where so, did they get in? So How again, did they get so again, right? We have these moments where clearly we take a break from like the reality, and John Hughes doesn't care, right? Right, right. The, like you right. don't need to have an explanation of where the flowers and right. the right, like it doesn't matter. It's just pure fun. It's just fun, right? The balloons lining the hallway as the parents come home. That like the whole town they've painted the water tower, right? Like. Everybody knows that Ferris is sick and they're rooting for him. It's pure fun. I love it. Yeah. Well, and it's the balancing act of there. There is almost and and I know this is one of Jim's big things with comedy. There is some kind of almost gag humor here, but it's done well. It's, you know, most of it tied around Ed Rooney, the principal, Mm -hmm. assistant principal, whatever he was. But it it worked. There's like just enough. It wasn't heavy handed. There's yeah. just enough in there. And I was thinking back to when we watched um, something about Mary and I found I, I laughed at the time and stuff like that. The gag humor here is 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 just that much more subtle. yet yeah. still slapstick esque. No, it's perfectly that you done. Get, when he gets his foot stuck in the mud yep. and then the dog's eating the shit. I, I'm sorry. That's just it's funny. it is. And there's just like just enough of it. You but know, there's like, not there's that's not enough. all this has, though. Totally. So that's the well, other exactly. Part. No, yep. I completely yeah. agree. But I mean, I just love how they were. He was like, just knew that balance. Yeah. And Paul Hirsch um, edited this. And I have his book on my shelf here that I want to read. Uh, but he's the guy who edited Star Wars. He did Mission Impossible. He did a couple of great at Oscar winning one of the great editors of all time. And I thought other than that jump cut, which made me wonder if that was like a longer sequence mm-hmm. and they were just like, listen, we got a, which I appreciate about this movie, like 143, which I think is really the sweet, you know, about 145 yeah. for a comedy is probably There's where you want to be. not a moment landing. that drags. No, it very lean. Perfect. Um, but the cutting of that, you know, when to mix those sequences, when are we going to go back to Ed Rooney? 
when are we going to go back to Ferris's sister played by the amazing Jennifer mm-hmm. Grey? Yeah. And Aileen and I were talking about this again, another movie with her that she had this run and you're like, what happened to her? Mm-hmm. Because she's, I think she's she had bad, in, she had bad plastic surgery, plastic surgery right? and nobody knew was, who she was. That, anymore. But that was later. I, Not I that think. much later, Katie. It really? wasn't. It no. was like, I thought she had a like nose mid, job much no. later. It was like mid nineties. Oh, yeah. Interesting. But it's like you watch that and you're like, man, yeah, the comedic timing. So good. Again, if we start jumping around to some characters here and I want to let's jump around some of the, the secondary ones and then we'll go to a bigger discussion of Cameron, because I, I legitimately want to talk about how I, I question if that performance is not one of the best performances we've seen of any of the movies we've done uh, <laughs> before. Uh, but let's do Ferris's sister, Jennifer Gray. Great character. Yeah, she's great. And they they do such a good job in this movie of allowing the fallout of Ferris to affect people in like the perfect way. Right? So like of course she's going to be insanely bitter about what her brother gets away with and and who he is. Um and kind of the same we'll talk about Rooney but the way she reacts to other people's love of Ferris is oh, it's amazing. Some of the funniest parts of this movie to me. Yeah, but then also how Char- Charlie Sheen. Oh my god! Is oh the my un- god! Perfectly the cast. unexpected hero, yeah. right? Who, Who like, changes her heart? Yeah, he's like the mystic that comes in and is like, "Let me tell you what's going on here." I don't think I <laughs> when I was younger, I connected the dots on like. That's why she helps yeah. Ferris in the end. Of yeah, the movie. yeah, yeah. But it, obviously, I did this yeah. on on this. Rewatch. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, this, yeah. like, and this drug addict, right? I mean, like yeah. he are you, looks. Are you are you here like, for drugs? Horribly no? sick, right? Like he's not, he's not presented as this like. <laughs> that handsome. might have actually been just yeah, Charlie. Sheen. I, I think they just <laughs> showed looks, up and they're like, no makeup. He just, looks yeah, so go sit awful. There. Just go sit so there. So the fact that she, who is like a perfectionist, yeah. right, teetotaler, is making out with yes. the druggie, in, and that her oh. mother is just like, it's time to go. Like the parents. <laughs> yeah. I the, the love parents, that. The parents are that. so good. It's so time to go. Puts her sunglasses on. Yeah, it's time I, I to mean, go. Katie, do you have a <laughs> do you have a blazer with that much padding? That was oh, like an man, NFL the 80s. like the 80s. Uh, NFL lineman padding. Yeah. That, uh, uh, Jennifer Gray, fantastic. Great. I also I never and again, maybe because we watch films a little bit more critically now. Every message she sees throughout the movie is save Ferris, save Ferris, save Ferris. Like it's a message to her to save Ferris. And then she's the one who saves Ferris. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you could watch this movie in a couple different ways. Is this the sisters movie? You could like do another movie like from her whole point of view is Ferris is a secondary character. Yep. Ed Rooney. You could make the movie about Ed Rooney. And it's interesting <laughs> because like Ed Rooney is kind of Matthew Broderick in election in a way yes. like Matthew Broderick goes plays mm-hmm. that character let's talk about him who unfortunately is a pederast yeah he, he went to he prison is a, he, he oh, went to prison man he that, that's he was paying uh, young boys awful. to take pictures no. of them yeah so oh, we need to, this man. is one of those things where we have to compartmentalize who he is as a person and discuss the role because well, my God, he is funny. kind of, he is kind of creepy and gross yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Right. And yes. I, I really enjoyed uh, Jennifer Gray's very flexible and strong kicking him in the face. Well, she's yeah. a dancer. Maybe that's what got her dirty dancing. Her that, kick. that was a good kick. It was repetitive, right? It was like a, like a, it was like a karate, like a, the knee, I don't know if that's actually physically possible. I don't think did, so. No, like, again, yeah, we have these moments amazing. where it's like you don't ask it was questions. Like a video game you just for a believe second. it. Yeah. yeah. The the scene in which he thinks it's Matthew Broderick on the phone. Oh yeah. Pretending to be Sloan's dad. Yeah. Who has never like and he's like he's like I'm gonna get this. Who has never wanted to say something like that? Oh my yeah. god. And then the words uh, coming out of his mouth. So good. You I produce mean, a dead body. Just roll it in here. Corpse. Um, but he's great. I mean, yeah. just his his performance. He also goes on to play the villain in a little exciting movie. Some of you might remember a film called Who's Harry Crumb with one <laughs> Mr. John Candy. <laughs> I never saw that one. I, I remember. It's I think I saw brilliant. it in the theater. It is terrible. Oh, listen, uh, people can be good at art and also horrible human beings so yes. apparently he let me is tell you one something of those people 
I might have tomorrow's film I feel like recommendation he played for the why devil you're so in this. something too. He did. He was also in Beetlejuice, I mm. believe. Wasn't he? I thought he was in Beetlejuice. He was in a run of movies there for a long time. He yeah. was getting a lot of work. And then he kind of does. Oh, you know what he was in? He was in that uh, Devil's Advocate with Keanu Reeves and Al Pacino. But he wasn't the devil. No, he was a bad person. What was that guy's name? Jeffrey Jones. Jeffrey oh, Jones. That, that sounds like a dirtbag. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of creepy. I'm sorry um, if your name's Jeffrey Jones. No, he sounds like who's the other Jones that was no good? The uh, uh, mass murderer guy. No. Cult, cult, cult <laughs> leader. Are you joining a cult? No, there was a cult leader whose last name. Oh, was you're Jones. right. You're right. Yes. Thank you. Yes, you're right. Thank you. Um, can we just briefly talk about the one character and see if you agree with me on this? I thought the sister character great. Cameron, we'll talk about in a minute. Parents, funny, played their role. Everybody kind of. Oh my played god, Ferris's dad. I'm sorry. Oh, amazing. A moment for Ferris's dad and his oblivious. Yes. So oblivious. I love it. Oh, so good. I love, I love his like random encounters, right? I love like, how he kind of looked like Alan Thick too. It's like yes. you think they wanted Alan Thick, and Alan Thick like backed out, and they got this guy. Well, who instead. was he? Because I feel like I know him from something yeah, more was, recent. He, I, I think he's been in stuff. We'd have to. I'll check that. Fact check for next week. Ferris yeah. that. Yeah, but, but he looked he, like fake. Yeah, Alan Thick. Yeah, he did, and he. I love the way that. Um, that John Hughes plays with stereotypes and how some of them, he just lets them be because they're, they're funny and harmless Mm -hmm. and other ones. He kind of turns over because they are incorrect and sort of hurtful. And he does that so well in, um, the breakfast club. But I, (laughs) I was telling Katie last night, John Hughes hates teachers Mm. and administrators. Oh, yeah. Hates them, and I don't know whether he was a teacher or he was, or just had awful ones. Had awful I, ones. But I told oh, Katie, I said in the seventies, yeah, the depiction of them is horrific. Yeah, and the seventies and eighties were not kind to to teachers no. in general. No. I said, man, Agreed. teachers watching Except this Mr. movie Kata. now. I said, I feel like a superhero. Yeah. I like well, watching the scenes in these yeah. classes. I'm like, oh, I'm so good. Ben Stein, <laughs> so good at this. Bueller. Anyone, Bueller, oh, anyone the literature teacher the, oh god that was so bad so bad but the the picture the like the scanning of the the classroom the students faces is so funny <laughs> and even in those looks like he is he has a way of like stereotyping like just by looking at a character mm-hmm. um you know that who that kid was in your class almost mm. and i think that's just i think it's funny well, I, he was a genius. Yeah, I, I, I throw that aside. He was not an easy person to work with. You know, he was Kubrick like in that in, in that respect. And I think like a lot of the and Tarantino cannot be like these yeah. people are. They, they are brilliant, but they're also they can be difficult. Yeah. when you hear a story. But I mean, the writing of these characters and to me. You know, I love 16 Candles. I mean, everybody has like a, a breakfast club is obviously brilliant. But Aileen and I were kind of like discussing this. I really found Cameron to be, again, I always, I think when you're a younger kid, you're, you're drawn to Ferris. Like that's the character you're, you're drawn to. It's Ferris Bueller's day off. He's the fun guy. He's the, you know, Mm -hmm. everything there. And, you know, having not watched this for so long and now being an adult adult, that character, to me, I was blown away by that character and what John Hughes was able to do in right. a film like this by putting a character like that in this movie. And that, to me, is what sets this and makes it a whole different level of movie. Well, yeah, and and they needed that because there's no... Without Cameron, there's no real character story to this movie at all. Yeah, and that's the and I I just I've I'm hard pressed, and I was kind of trying to think of other movies where you're able to tell so much character development and such a big story as what people bury it almost as like a B part of the story, mm-hmm. right? Where it's you're not your main character's love, development. No, but you're sitting there and you're like this guy, and it's a teen movie. Yes, it's absolutely, but you could still watch it at 40 years old and be like damn like this is 
there's some really interesting stuff in this and the the relationship that's able to be created you understand that like this is cameron he is a real person and he's going through all this stuff and you can have this person like ferris there it's almost like everybody really is cameron but you want to be ferris Mm. and you have that and i just i I just found that so interesting and he wrote that character and i kept thinking about like performances we saw and stuff and alan buck was over i think he was 30 yeah he did this he's old you can tell but but he was the way he played it i just he's the character i kept thinking about and and i I just find that so interesting i think that was the biggest risk in the movie honestly because in that scene you know, I had I had a moment of like, oh, does this go too far for this kind of a film? But it still feels like it it lands right? yeah. like it's it still works. And I think that there's there's that interesting commentary that I think John Hughes has in many of his films on, you know, as Jim talked about the the stereotype of the teenager and the, you know, the easy life of the teenager sort of thing what adults think about teenagers lives and then that kind of narrowing in on like, what is it actually like to grow up with some of you people? Well, you <laughs> right? know what? let's play Jim. Yeah. We have the clip. Let's, let's listen to a little bit and then go back into Katie's point. Cause I think that ties right into, so we get to the end of the movie and, and this is where, you know, Cameron is depressed. He's all these things. He's he you, you get this constant battle and talking about his father and the pressure his father has been putting on them. And they've stolen his dad's car and they brought it back. And they the ridiculous idea, if they ran the car in reverse, yeah. the mileage would, would go off. And um, and we'll just pick up from there. And this is what we're talking about. Dented the shit out of it. <laughs> Cameron has kicked the car. <laughs> Good. My father will come home, you see what I did. I can't hide this. He'll come home, he'll see what I did, he'll have to deal with me. I don't care, I really don't. I'm just tired of being afraid. I can't wait to see the look on the bastard's face. And there goes the car. Yeah, and so at that moment, Cameron puts his foot on the car, the jack falls out, and while it's running, it goes out the second floor of what can only be described as a Bond villain lair. (laughs) <laughs> no, but that's like awesome architecture. Yeah, I, feel I know. Like that's, I feel well, like that's like. So I mean, uh, we're definitely within a demographic, right? With yeah, these yeah. kids, where well, like yeah. they're they are, living very privileged lives. And, and to be fair, it's shot that way. They are on what seems to be the North Shore of yes. Lake Michigan. Their, their parents are billionaires, and having driven yes. through that area, it is yeah. That's what it's saying. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah. It's completely fair. That dialogue alone. To be in a movie like yes. this is ballsy. Well, here's the other thing that I think I realized that I thought of last night is like when you when you start to break this down of like who is sort of playing what archetype here. What Cameron does in this movie is sort of braver than anything anybody else does in this movie. 100 percent. Oh, a thousand 100%. times. A yep. thousand yeah. times. And I guess Ferris is sort of the catalyst for that, but I don't want to. I don't know that John Hughes really wants to give him the credit for it. Well, and I don't think I thought he was subtle about that. And I don't think he did. I think what is so interesting about Ferris as a character, right, is the scene to me where you see that um, Cameron has fallen into the pool, (laughs) like very graduate-esque, like we talked about. And Ferris is so concerned about he like there's a layer there where he just wants. Yeah, I'm going to skip. And you think it's all about him just having fun. And this would be a selfish person. And but he has that monologue about about Cameron. Yeah. And it gives like this this level where 
I don't know, the Ferris character to me, he does a great job of people assume high school kids cannot have that level of compassion or that level of self-awareness. And Jim yeah. brought that up, that word well, up and aware. Not, and not there just are self-awareness, kids. right? Are, yeah. So it's like of the world of, of each other, right? Yeah. That, that like their conversations are superficial, their relationships are superficial. And so that, yes, you're right. The fourth wall conversation where Ferris speaks to the audience, but then also just Ferris's reactions in that scene reveal yeah. to you that like he sees Cameron fully, right? Like he knows exactly who Cameron is, the things that Cameron's not even willing to really admit to himself, well, right? Like that Ferris knows that all. And he, he knows the stakes yeah, yeah, for Cameron. And he has never once kind of felt any kind of stakes for the things that he's doing throughout. This no. Film. Yeah. Agreed. And so like his reaction to this moment is the only time in this movie we see Ferris scared. Mm-hmm. Besides when Cameron is, you know, when Cameron's messing with him. Um, it's funny. We've talked about, you know, we talked about the high school relationships in book smart. We talked about it in can't hardly wait. And we talked about, um, a little bit, I mean, with Booksmart, we referenced Superbad, and this is like the closest, maybe, male relationship of mm-hmm. high school students that, in retrospect, it's close, it's getting towards Superbad. It's not there yet where you mm-hmm. actually have like outward love of like yes. of like your best friend. Right. Well, which was less, which back then would have been less socially acceptable. Right, acceptable, right. Yeah. But but uh, I, again, like to Katie's point, I think it is sort of the biggest risk is is this relationship in this movie and letting the Sloan character sort of play like backseat to Cameron and Ferris. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, every girl in high school felt uh, backseat to Jerry for me. <laughs> Of course, that's because I, of course, I, of course, I couldn't get a girl to talk to me in high school. So it wasn't really, it wasn't really a competition. <laughs> How many wigs oh, did you man. put Kevin in? <laughs> oh my God. So it, it wasn't really a competition. All right. Any final, final moments? Oh, well, do we have the sausage clip? Cause I feel like, oh, we don't, we don't. Oh, I forgot to send this off. The, the Abe Froman sausage <laughs> clip is just another example. Well, I, I, I realized. Gl- yeah, there are so many quotable lines in this movie. Yeah. And everyone knows the the ones, but I even noticed one last night that I thought was absolutely hilarious and it ha- it reminded me of the beginning of the uh of Lord of the Rings where Frodo says something super intelligent and smart, but it's insulting to the people he's saying it to. He says something like I I like half of you as much as I, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he, so the Mater D sits them down after finding out that Ferris is, in fact, the sausage king of Chicago. And he says, I, you know, thank you so much for your understanding um, or something like that. And Ferris goes, oh, yeah, understanding. And it's what allows, you know, people like me to put up with people like you. Like you. <laughs> Which I think is just a brilliant line that sort of I never realized before. But it's it it's it's way above his intellect, I think. But hilarious nonetheless. I, just genuinely the love I had for watching this movie yeah um, joyful it's a joyful it, movie it was it and it really like i can't say enough like sister act fun yep. like i enjoy watching this though like a was whole really level. A whole well this uh, is a good movie guys I, I hate to say sister act <laughs> this is Here what the go. difference between a Here fun movie and a good movie are that's fair that's fair by, by the way fair. as soon as we get up to enough money on our thing oh, we're God. buying our first oh. com majors oh, t-shirts and it's gonna say com majors on the front and the back it's gonna say it's a fun movie yeah, i like that <laughs> those are that's gonna be our well t-shirt. so this movie's on netflix right now yes absolutely. i mean everybody listening watch. you have so much time on your hands the, the, go, they're, go they're watch really, ferris bueller you need ferris bueller right now there is no excuse not to watch there's no excuse. again we have we constantly are re-watching movies obviously for this and movies we saw a long time ago and we'll be giving recommendations mm-hmm. this thursday for 80s and 90s movies this is legitimately one of the best re-watching experiences i've yeah. had in two years yeah that's how you gotta enjoyable do it, you gotta do it, it. was 
All right, time for Game of the Week. All right, this week's Game of the Week is Higher or Lower, uh, and we're comparing Con Major's High School Mace movies and we, mm-hmm. we have some good ones here so this is i i tried to pick some some good ones all right i uh to make it slightly difficult mm. okay. all right so is ferris bueller higher or lower than the following commagers high school movies that we have discussed let's start out with a film referenced earlier uh varsity blues would you say ferris bueller is higher or lower than varsity blues can we do a three two one on this mm-hmm. are we doing that okay i think go. so all right three. Two, one. Higher. Higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was not a tough one, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Varsity Blues, fun. If you watch it, it's no Ferris Bueller. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, here we go. This one is a slight toss-up. How about uh, Ferris Bueller versus Mean Girls? All right. Three, two, one. Higher. 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 Yeah, Mean Girls, not so much. I love Mean Girls. I love Mean uh, Girls. We do. But this movie love. is perfect. Yep. It's a perfect film. Now, this, this is one that I thought maybe we might, maybe not amongst ourselves, but amongst listeners might get some slight argument towards. Mm-hmm. And that is Goonies. And mm-hmm. I, was, I was questioning whether or not I should consider Goonies a high school movie, but I thought it was in the realm of adolescence mm-hmm. and, you know, some of the themes that we Shit. see in Ferris Bill. Okay, here we go. Count, Katie. Three. Two, one. Lower. Higher. Hmm. See? Okay, good. So here we go. Jim, why? Uh, I like Goonies better. <laughs> Dynamite dropping. <laughs> that broadcasting that, school that thrilled. Is, that is, paying <laughs> off. It's paying off. You can tell you've been doing this podcast thing <laughs> for a while. Um, that, I, that is, there is... There is something about the... Uh, it's hard to say there's more heart in Goonies because I think there is a lot of at least the the parts with Cameron are swing really big as far as the the heart of Ferris Bueller. But that's relegated to kind of a small part of of this movie whereas I think the friendship circle in Goonies I think is is something that I've always been drawn to whether it's stuff like ET, Goonies, um, you know all those movies it, with it. Yeah, exactly. So you're basically drawn to films with packs of young boys. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say that it's interesting that. Well, no, but you do like high school films. I do. Well, but you I also think like that there Stand is by like me, a, right? There's I a, love Stand by Me. There's a time period there, right, where like there's something different about films that focus more on like adolescence than high school. Uh, yeah, I love be. Can't Hardly Wait. You do. You do true. love that movie. I, I, I still I think, think you put Goonies the, above it, though. I would be hard pressed to. Ooh, that would be a good one. Would you put Goonies higher or lower than Can't Hardly Wait? <sighs> Goonies? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. All right, think about it. We'll get back. We'll we'll ask that another day. Yeah. Think about that one. Uh, I listen. I think that's there is. I enjoyed Ferris Bueller more, mm-hmm. but it's close. Goonies is another one. It's it's really good. You know, Goonies is another one. All right, um, let's move on. Uh, Ferris Bueller, higher or lower than a film we've done this year already that we loved and highly recommended, Book Smart. Mm-hmm. Ready? Three, two, one. Higher. higher. Yeah, I think Book Smart, as we talked about, had, it's ha- it had some, some problems. It had some things, problems. But was really good. My Still, biggest issue with Book Smart is that it's it's so close to, to super bad. Yep. Mm. I put super bad over. Oh, Brian, sorry. You no, lost no. us. <laughs> My, I knocked the camera off. Jim um, was so excited. I would the discussion. He emphatic. knocked the camera. I would put uh, super bad. Super over bad over Ferris Bueller. Oh. oh! 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 You would big move. One hundred percent, I would. Is super bad streaming mm. anywhere? Because I desperately do want to rewatch it. I don't know. Are you going to try to find the webcam? I was going to. Should I not? Well, I. I didn't it's know not. It's just behind the, the, okay. the monitor. Yeah, go for it. It's really interesting. Do you need it, Brian? 
I, I, I can hear you fine. Okay. <laughs> and all our view, I mean, the thousands of people watching right now want to see you guys. They can still see us. We can. Oh, they can still. It's yeah, just, it's me just for you, show. Brian. It's okay. Just for well, you. then I don't care. Just imagine don't our faces. Uh, and then finally, is Ferris Bueller higher or lower than a little film that we love? <laughs> if looks could kill. Three, two, one. Lower. Lower. <laughs> <laughs> of course i don't actually believe that but, but can, can i say i forgot to bring this point up when we were talking about robin hood prince of thieves uh robin hood prince of thieves posits a world where kevin costner is like 24 and he's about 40 yeah and i was thinking about richard grieco i was like imagine if richard grieco was robin hood and robin hood prince of thieves speaking immediately the best movie ever made if, if looks could kill was uh great inspiration for Spider-Man Far From Home. Yes. Ferris Bueller was great inspiration for Homecoming. It was. Agreed. And there's a whole scene where Ferris is running uh, through the backyard the and they basically do a scene by a scene for scene or cut for cut remake yes. of that scene in Homecoming, which is great. And, and you know what, Katie, we were picking on you about the cinematography at the beginning. That sequence is filmed and cut pretty damn well. Oh, listen, so I'm not... Nope. I we rewatched the scene that I was talking about and I was like, Yep, I'm right. It's so good. <laughs> it's so, really good. <laughs> all right. Ready? Five questions. You want answers? You want answers? I want the truth. What makes a man, Mr. Lebowski? What the fuck is the internet? Watch. Why? Uh when we recut the five questions, bed, which I love, obviously, we're not because it's the greatest work I've ever done. We're gonna slight, we're gonna extend it slightly by adding eight whiskey sours, <laughs> and we're gonna go, have eight whiskey sours, and we're gonna add in you're the sausage king of Chicago. That's the other, the, that the other thing we do need. Yeah, we we can switch around the questions. We, we, we can add on. Uh, all right, here we go. Jim is answering this week. Uh, thumbs up or thumbs down? Uh, voodoo economics is an economic ethos. So you'll have to tell me, Brian, if that's actual, if that's a real thing, or that's made up for this movie. No, no, um, that was. Was voodoo economics? I, I, I believe. Okay, I'm done with that. Um, was when George Bush, economics. when George Bush referenced Reaganomics as voodoo economics when they were running against each other in the 1984. Oh no, Susie, the primary presidential primaries. Yes. Huh. Well, I I agree with him calling them voodoo economics. Okay, so what are you? Thumbs up or thumbs down on voodoo economics? I don't know. Are you saying, am I thumbs up or thumbs down to Reaganomics or calling them voodoo economics? <laughs> calling them voodoo economics. I'm thumbs up. I'm yeah, calling it's a great name. It's a great name. There we yeah. go. I'll add you to our Zoom uh, distance learning class, Jim. We're doing oh, yeah. the 80s next week. Okay. You can hop Perfect. right in. Um, Jim, better Jennifer Grey film, Ferris Bueller or Dirty Dancing? Oh, better film. Hmm. So That's wait, a tough question. Better so, Jennifer so, Grey or better? Oh, yes. Film? Oh, sorry. Yes. Who is Jennifer Grey better in Ferris Bueller or Dirty Dancing? So I think Dirty Dancing is probably a slightly better film. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm kind of torn on that. Mm -hmm. My hot take is that I think she's better in Ferris Bueller as an actress oh, than she is in Dirty Dancing. All right. That, I'll take that. Huh. I agree. I, I think I, she. I agree with that hot take. Yeah. I think, and I think she's good in Dirty Dancing. Yeah. I think she's a great comedic actress in this movie. Huh. Yeah, I think she's really, really funny and is believable in her ire. Huh. Yeah, I great. Katie, what is your thought on that? I can understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. All right, perfect. Yeah. We are building bridges here. Yeah. Building bridges. I think uh, maybe it's just easier to, for um, me. To connect with her character in Ferris Bueller than in Dirty Dancing. Well, That's and I don't, so what's I the timing that. on those two movies? Was, was, like the time oh, period? No, 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 or no. The, when they like, yeah, when, the when filming? Did, yeah. Oh, within two years. Yeah. I know, but which one was first? Oh, Ferris Bueller was first. Yeah, that's interesting. Because I, I would have said it does seem like... She grew as an actress, but she, yeah, 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 that's interesting. Some of it, by the way, some of it's material. Yeah, baby, not is, direction mm, because yeah. uh, our our boy, uh, the director of such great films as Sister Act, <laughs> of course, and chances are Emil Ardolino directed Dirty Dancing. I hate you so much. <laughs> 
I love it. I uh, love it. Uh, fill in the blank question, Jim. Abe Froman is the sausage king of Chicago. Jim DeSanto is the king of sourdough. Oh, yes. 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 Jim, <laughs> yes. Jim, I want um, some sourdough mailed oh, to me. Man. It we is illegal to mail alcohol. It's not illegal to mail can, food. I don't think. Which no, is funny because mail. bread is basically maybe fermented. It is. I mean, fermented. bread yeah, uh, beer like beer that. is basically oh, liquid bread. I just figured this. I'm going to buy you a bottle of Sons of Liberty booze yeah. and I'm going to bake it into a bread and send it to you via the mail. <laughs> Don't do that. We don't. You're very sweet. So the rules are interesting because if if the distillery is in Pennsylvania, they can ship me alcohol. So we can technically get whiskey. There are a few. There are a few whiskey in Pennsylvania that is Mm -hmm. that are actually pretty good. I like it. All right. And remember, you can always order. Does Philadelphia distillery make whiskey? They probably do. It is probably not very good. Mm. You you can always. I don't know. Maybe they're responsible for the Kinsey, and that's okay. I like their vodka. Yeah, vodka is like science. Whiskey's art. <laughs> oh, wow. No, I mean, Ooh, we have some people who might question that on the show. Uh, if you have like, problems, yeah. call in. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, our favorite question. Oh, yeah. Uh, the amazing notes. Charlie Sheen is in this film. Mm-hmm. Jim, what is your favorite Charlie Sheen movie? I mean, there are a lot to choose from, Brian. You could go with Lucas. Men at Work. Men at Work. Platoon. Love Men at Work. Men at Work Young so Guns. Yes, which Young Guns I too. loved Young Guns when I was mm-hmm. when I was a kid, but I have to go with Major League, one hundred percent. So good. So you can't, good. You, Rick Ricky Vaughn, which he probably got the role of Ricky Vaughn after they saw his performance in Ferris Bueller, because it's basically it's pre- the same. Pretty much character. the same. Basically, pretty much that, the same. I wonder if oh, that was his character. You, Charlie, we never learned Ricky his Vaughn name, universe. Really? Yeah, cinematic mm-hmm. universe. Like yeah, Ricky Vaughn. I love it. I mm-hmm. love everything about that. Finally, deep thoughts question. Mm-hmm. Jim, if you could go back in time to high school, what would you do if you were cutting school? I'd probably just be hanging out in my friend Donnie's basement playing video games. <laughs> yeah, it's probably That's probably with, what we honestly would have done. Playing Risk? Playing Risk it, or StarCraft on the computer. Mm-hmm. Really sexy it, stuff. It sounds really exciting. Would Donnie ever have cut school? Uh... I'm sh- no, not no. Neither would have I. Yeah, I me mean, neither. No. I never did it. Donnie used cut to cut. School? Donnie used to cut football mm-hmm. practice, though. I know. We Donnie would like played football. I was tell- yeah, Donnie freshman year. Donnie, Donnie and Dave played football. I, I and cannot. Am- we, I could we, see Dave because at least wait, Dave's. An so athlete. we we had to no, but dude, but you have to understand. Dave was about four eight freshman year. Okay. Um, and so we we would have to go to the football field, which was a block two blocks down. Um, at Gerard College, and so the whole football team would, you know, basically like jog down together, and they would just like tail off and hide out until football practice was over, and then like jump back in the line as it was going back to school. Okay, that I was is joking with weird. my students who are all going to the same school that you went to. Yeah, um, watching them play football at recess horribly, horribly. I was like, you should all go out for the team this year. Yeah. It would be a riot. Yeah. Let's see what happens. You and know what? That's story. an interesting thing about football, though, because as soon as you get on a team, the coaches have a way of finding where you belong. And football has very specific jobs. So if you can do like one thing kind of OK or, or, or well in football, you can find a place for you. You don't need to be throwing the ball to be good at football or catching it. In fact, the highest paid players sometimes are just pushing other people around. Okay. Hey, push those people around. Yeah. Um, that's five questions. Remember, like, share, subscribe. Again, you are probably home right now mm-hmm. if you're practicing social distancing correctly. If you're a parent, God, I know what you're going through. M- maybe you're not, and you have some time. Write a review. Have a friend write a review. Even if your parent, have your kid write a review. Set up an account for them on your phone and have them write a review. You could just play our podcast 12 hours a day on your iPhone while you are working from home. It sounds if like you Brian's are like concerned about the, you might do that. the amount and of reviews we're getting. I am. I, I want not, reviews. It hasn't been I, so good. And I, I want reviews and I want listens because every listen is one quarter of one cent towards our payment. 
I we, heard a rumor. Uh, I heard a rumor. Chances are it's coming out on 4K. I have to pay for it. Somebody's got to pay for that. There's, 4K chances. It is so not coming out on. I am in this for the joy. I am starting a GoFundMe to get chances are on 4K. Oh dear lord. <laughs> All right, listen. We have a, we have a little one turning six tomorrow. Yes, it's amazing. We, we've got to go do yes. up the quarantine birthday. Mm-hmm. All right, good. Uh, get ready for the quarantine birthday. We're going to be back Thursday night with eighties and nineties recommendations. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, and not to be beat, watch Ferris Bueller. It's on Netflix. We're coming back next week. Next week we're talking about Knives Out. Oh, I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, it's amazing. Can't wait. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.